ready to wake up, you're going to wake up. And if you're not ready, you're going to stay pretending that you're just a little, poor little me. Soldiers, don't fight for slavery, fight for liberty. In the 17th chapter of St. Luke, it is written, the kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power. The world is like a ride at an amusement park, and when you choose to go on it, you think it's real, because that's how powerful our minds are. Everybody is I. You all know you are you. And wheresoever beings exist throughout all galaxies, it doesn't make any difference. You are all of them. And when they come into being, that's you coming. Yo, 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 people, how's it going? Hope you're all doing well wherever you are in the world. Good to be back doing the podcast after taking about a week and a half off. Really just needed a little bit of a reset. There's a lot of things going on in my life from a personal perspective. I know that at times I do let you guys in a lot, but it's sometimes I do have to be mindful of some circumstances, things that I can't talk about. And there is definitely a lot of things going on, that is for sure. A lot of pieces I've have been moving over the last few years of my life, but are really at the forty now, and um, there's a lot of things been going on. Anyway, so I just needed a bit of a week and a half to reset. I think at times we all need that. Really, um, still a lot of interesting things fold unfolding with the podcast in general. Give you guys a bit of an update. I know I did a YouTube video about this and spoke about it, but I actually didn't get around to to doing the audio version, but. I, I woke up one morning and there was a pod, the podcast conversation that I did with Max Egan a few weeks ago had been taken down and censored by YouTube. Completely invalid reason, just as you know guys, the only thing that, that it does go against is censoring us all from from reality itself and that's what they don't want. They don't want people to be empowered as you know and it's quite dis- it's quite disappointing but at the same time it also just makes me realise that this is the sort of this is what a dying system looks like when it is when it really is on its last legs and this is what they try to do as a last ditch measure they're trying to pull down conversations all over the place and it really is funny at times guys it really does I, I did a little dance actually when this was tucked down because it just highlights again and again that 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 the the tides are turning and the shift it the shift is here for sure but as you know guys this is no longer a war of the physical it's a war of the spiritual senses i've talked about this many times they've tried to lock down our bodies and our minds and now they want to try and lock down the spirit and and it's really interesting guys because i've been doing this podcast for quite a few years now as you know and i'm a i'm a creative person and when you put your creative energy into something especially when it's good and it and and you're just trying to help people and empower people and then youtube comes along and other things that i've been censored with in the past censor your conversations and podcasts it really can take a lot at all on your on, on you on the things that you're doing and it does sort of tamper your energy a little bit but i've always always tried to use everything in life as a as, as a moment to grow and i've always done that and that's why I, I do feel i'm the person i am so like i said when this happened it, it, it always it just fuels me more and more again to just keep pushing even harder and harder the more that there is blocks in the road I will just keep pushing past them especially when it's something like this which in my opinion is an attack on the spirit and when it comes to censorship of information in my opinion this is something that should never be allowed and something that I will always keep fighting for but it's really interesting guys because like I said when I started this podcast about four years ago I started this podcast in my in my mother's spare bedroom and I'm just a normal guy 
just I'm just a normal guy, a normal, normal human being, a normal person, just like yourselves. I'm somebody who is just following the thread of consciousness and following the questions that come up in my mind, as you can tell. And if they are, you need to ask yourself the question, if they're censoring someone like me, then what is the hope for other people? And and it must also show as well that they really are at a last ditch attempt to really try and censor, censor information from every single angle. And it just makes, you just need to ask yourselves the question, guys, of, of, of what what is the deeper root of what is going on here? Because it really, it really is. This is not something that I'm lying about. You can clearly go around and I think you guys know me by now. I'm not someone who lies. And um, this is something that is just, is, is, is going on. It's something that we have to acknowledge and look at why this is happening. But when we do finally see... Um, beneath sort of all the different veils of manipulation, the mind control and the deceit and all this different social engineering of and um, censorship of information, everything that's going on, we need to, we always need to recognise that we need to use this awareness to gain more sovereignty over our lives and realise how we're going to use this energy to change the planet, change our own lives. And I, I do feel that's what we all need to do. We never, we don't need to fall into this potential victimisation mode, which is can be easy to do. We need to use this moment to to really propel us as a civilization and see how we see what things we can do to create a new world. Um, and this is something that, as you know, they can try and censor censor all the information. But as we speak about in this podcast, I'm going to introduce the guest in a minute with uh, Dr. Butar. Truth does have a frequency, and more and more people are starting to resonate with it. And as a sovereign being on this planet, we should always have the right to express ideas and come to our own conclusions. And I really do feel that a strong civilization is one that engages in multiple topics and a weak civilization is a one that hides from it. So that's my um, thoughts on that anyway. So I just wanted to give you guys a bit of an update on that latest podcast that was tucked down by YouTube and this is probably not something that is probably going to go away. This is probably more podcasts are going to get tucked down. But it's, but it's certainly something that I'm going to continue to keep, to keep doing every single day and keep moving forward because that is what we, that's what we really need to do anyway. So anyway, this week on the podcast is a conversation with Dr. Rashid Buttar. He's been very vocal in the media lately, doing a lot of interesting stuff. Really, obviously, opposing many different opposing views on topics of coronavirus, five uh, G, um, and many other areas as well. He's also wrote a book called the Seven, it's called the Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Away, and we definitely talk about that in this podcast as well because I definitely feel it really plays into this important role. What I definitely feel has been going on the pla- on the planet right now. The, there's been nine different steps that the the sort of the the, the hidden hand has tried to play out upon us. The, set, the nine different toxicities that have tried to hit us on, and as we talk about a lot in this podcast, we mostly talk about the ninth one, which is the attack on the spiritual. And how this is a war that they will they cannot win because the spirit is too strong. But anyway, all will make sense in this one. So this is a conversation with Dr. Rashid Buttar. In a few weeks' time, I'm going to do an episode of Observing My Thoughts because I've got so much to talk about. But as I said, I had to take a little bit of a week away from the podcast just to had a lot of personal things going on in my life. Um, and up and coming as well in some episodes that I want to do. I really want to start diving into some more big esoteric topics because at the minute in my life, there is a lot of big esoteric topics that I am focusing on, a lot of things that I'm experiencing in my life and I want to really 
sort of follow that thread and see where it goes. So there'll be some really big conversations coming up soon. I'm sure they will blow your mind from more of an esoteric point of view. So look out for that in the future. More podcasts to come. If you can, guys, check out the one-off donation option and the Patreon page. Really does go such a long way to help me to keep doing what I'm doing. I love you all, wherever you are in the world. Peace out. But just to start this, I would love to um, see your thoughts on, I mean, there's many different places we can we can take this because as I know you're talking about so much stuff, but I would love to see your thoughts on censorship of information because as you know, a lot of research and information at the moment is being censored. And about three days ago, I also had a, a, a quite a large video that was taken down. And I know that you've had this happen to you as well. And it's it's very interesting because sometimes these me- messages that are being taken down are just messages of empowerment. But I would just love to start this off by asking your thoughts around censorship of information and what that role it is playing currently in the world. The issue of censorship, it's a very loaded issue, first of all, because if you start thinking about it, you know, what type of society allows for censorship and condones censorship and when you start to realize that it's the dictatorships the authoritarian type governments that use censorship to control the populace and when you're taking down a video or you're burning books there's no difference you know people think oh my god any society that burns down books uh, they're a primitive society they're they're a dictatorship but they don't seem to recognize or realize that taking down a video has actually even more potential destructive nature to it because they say that if um, pictures are worth a thousand words, then a video is worth a million. And you know, the written word, if that's worth whatever, and, and a picture is worth a hundred times that, and a video is worth a million times that, you know, what, what, what does that show us? What does that tell us about our society when we're taking down videos? And, and especially when the videos are not, I can understand if pornography is taken down or hate, something that's uh, promoting hate and violence is taken down, something that's infringing upon the rights of another individual or another group of people. I can see where maybe out of protection that would be taken down, but it wouldn't be really censorship. It would be actually to protect. Here, when you take down content, like some of our videos that were taken down, you know, and that's a recurring question I'm asked, why are your videos being taken down? And I'm like, that's a billion dollar question. You answer that for me, you know, then we'll both know because I don't know. When YouTube takes down our videos, it seems like there's a criteria when we hit a million. Um, we had a couple of videos that hit a million views within a day, day and a half, two days, and they took all those down. And I think it came down to that, you know, we couldn't grow that fast. They didn't want us to grow that fast, but the reason that they gave us was inappropriate content. So I was asked, what is so inappropriate about what you're putting out? And I said, well, if truth is inappropriate, then, then we're guilty. But if truth is not inappropriate, then we didn't do anything wrong. There was no copyright infringement. There was no hate language. There was no violence being promoted. There was no pornography. There was no adult language. There was no foul language. There was nothing. It was just talking about a chain of events. It was talking about science and breaking down that science so that everybody could understand it. And they couldn't afford something that was the truth that was logical and that was easy to understand 
to get out to the masses and so they're censored. So to me, it's no different than burning books and it's no different than, you know, when we talk about communistic societies and how we're better, um, you know, that's, that's a load of rubbish because we're doing stuff that there's more infringement on rights right now here than there are in China. And, you know, you don't have the First Amendment or the Second Amendment. Well, you have the Second Amendment. They're going to, if they try to take the Second Amendment, then there'll be, there'll probably be a war here. But yeah, the, the freedom of speech is an illusion. Yeah, definitely. When you asked a really good question there, because I think in times we don't really ask ourselves the question, why are they doing this sort of stuff? I mean, some people just sort of let it go. And it's really interesting because I know, I've, I think one of the reasons what I thought about why it, why, why it is happening before. And, and I mean, you've spoke about this before, how you were speaking about how truth resonates and how truth has a frequency. Do you, do you feel that maybe could be, could be why it is? Because truth does have a frequency and more people are starting to align with that. Yeah, I think that's a very good point because I think the truth scares those that want to control the masses because they can't afford people to realize the truth and recognize the power that they have because if they recognize the power that if we as humans recognize the power that we have and realize that those that try to control us, those that oppose us by trying to control us have no power, they only have the power that we allow them to have, the, we, the power that we give them. Um, I think that's a very scary thing for them. And of course, we don't know what we're missing. So most of us are not aware. You know, we're not awakened. We're still walking around thinking that other people do control us. And so I think that's really what it is, because as you said, truth resonates. And, and I've said this for I've said this for over 25 years, that truth has its own frequency and it attracts and people flock to truth because they're so hungry for it. And that's one reason we all have those BS meters and the BS meter goes off whenever you have somebody that's talking to you, convincing you of something, um, trying to uh, coerce you to buy something or trying to push you to a certain agenda or towards a political stance. Um, so most of us recognize that <clears throat> and we, we move away from it pretty quickly. But when we find truth, it attracts us and it holds our attention. And that's, I think, the biggest reason that they're taking down those videos is because it is resonating at that frequency that, you know, why else would we have 30, 40,000 people joining every day? And then all of a sudden it goes down to nothing. You know, something like slipped last week and I had 79,000 people subscribe to YouTube in five days. And now in the last six days, I've had maybe a thousand. And so, you know, it, it doesn't work that way. We didn't put out any special video or anything. There was in fact no new video. It's just like, I think somebody slipped and I hit the wrong button and boom, opened up our, our channel again. So um, I think it's part and parcel of this whole issue. They can't afford the truth to get out because if the truth gets out, people become empowered because they can no longer be taken advantage of. And once people know that they can't be victimized, you know, everything changes, the game changes and they can't afford that for that to happen. And yet it's still happening. You know, it's, it's happening despite that people are awakening and, and people are still still stuck in their stupid ways because of what the media is doing and the complicitness and the corruption of the media and how they propagate the mistruths. But, you know, a lot of people are now starting to figure this out. And four, five, six weeks ago, about 15% of the people of the planet felt that this was a hoax. Everybody else thought it was real. Now it's probably about half and half. It's, it's closer to half and half where people know that something just doesn't smell right. You know, they're walking around with masks and yet they'll pull the mask down and talk with it or they'll eat, you know, like what the virus is going to stop while you're taking a break and eating. I mean, it's just, 
it's you know idiocy, but it's also because they they kind of realize that now nah, this isn't real. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you've, you've spoke about many different topics and that's what I really love about what you're doing here. You really are sort of going out there on the fringes where people aren't willing to go. But it, I know through your work as well, it, it seems that, I mean, I know you've spoke about the, the principles of how it does seem to be attack. Everything that's going on is attacking our bodies, but it also seems to be that it's now attacking our consciousness. What do you think is actually playing out here in the grand scheme of th- things on the planet? What's the bigger picture? It's definitely a war in consciousness. And those of us that are opposing it, it's definitely a fight for the future of mankind. And some people have said that, you know, you're overly dramatic. And I'm like, if you understand what's coming down the pipeline, you understand what the implications of a retrovirus RNA vaccine are, then you'll think quite the opposite that I'm actually, if anything, understating this. Because in the next generation, sterility of the next generation is almost a certainty. And rewriting the DNA, because an RNA RNA basically rewrites and repairs DNA, but this RNA retrovirus vaccine that they're going to create, that Moderna is probably going to be releasing, that they've earmarked to get the contract, it's going to basically rewrite the human genomic code. It's going to rewrite our DNA. It's literally like a domino effect and it starts to cascade. And, you know, in the next two generations, what makes us human, we, we won't have that anymore. So it's, that's what, the, that's what the big picture is, what they're trying to do. They're trying to make us into production units and, and consumption units and control us. And uh, this is all the reason for the mass, the desensitization, sticking the thermometer probes on your forehead to see what your temperature is so that you get desensitized to having people stick things in your face. You know, being told what to do, being told when you can do it, how you can do it. It's all part and parcel of this orchestration of control and manipulation and um, making sure that they are creating the ideal sheeple that will follow in the direction that they direct. Yeah, definitely. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I don't either. I'm with you as well on that. I really am. And um, I know in your work as well, in your book in particular as well, you talk about the different philosophies of the seven, I think you call it the seven different toxicities. I think that's sort of, that's an attack on the, on the, on the human body and the mind. Could you, I would wonder if you could sort of, could you sort of slightly touch on, on maybe this, the, the seven different ones so people can get an understanding of, of them things that are currently playing out? Yeah, the seven toxicities, it's my philosophy of it's the philosophy you use in my clinic. And it's what I developed over the last 25 years. Um, I've been a physician for 29 years and I started coming up with what I was observing as toxicities. And, and it started off as three toxicities. But when I wrote my book, The Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Away, when that came out, it was actually uh, at that point and still is seven toxicities. And so the seven toxicities are the first one's heavy metal toxicity. This is the, the tin and the lead and mercury and arsenic and antimony and uranium, et cetera, et cetera. Second one is the persistent organic pollutants. This is the fluorinated hydrocarbons, the organophosphates, the benzenes, the toluenes, the insecticides, pesticides, the chemicals. Um, the third toxicity is opportunistics. And opportunistics are the bacteria, viruses, spirochetes, mycoplasma, yeast, uh, fungus, parasites, et cetera. So the third toxicity, these what I call opportunistics because they need an opportunity to set up house. They actually occur because either the first toxicity, the heavy metals, or the second toxicity, the persistent organic pollutants, renders the immune system susceptible and makes the individual 
essentially prone to getting a opportunistic infection. So why does a, a normal healthy person get a cold and it's not a big deal, but a person with HIV gets a cold and they die? Well, because they have an opportunity in their system for that cold to take over because they, they're immunocompromised. Their immune system is not intact. And you know the, the heavy metals and the persistent organic pollutants contribute to decreasing that level of immunity. So <clears throat> the first three toxicities are tangible. They're, you know, you can measure them. They're, they're um, easily qualitatively uh, and quantitatively analyzable. Beyond that, the fourth and beyond, they're more esoteric. So the fourth toxicity is energetics. This includes the electromagnetic uh, radiation, the radio frequency, electromagnetic waves and fields and the dirty energy and the ambient cell phone radiation and you know, all the different types of energetic fields that are being created, the, the microwave technology, the, the 5Gs and all, this different, all the different types of technologies that are energetic technologies that d impact the body. Uh, the fifth toxicity is the emotional psychological toxicity and that if there's one that's more important than any of the other ones, it would have to be the fifth one. They're all just as important, but the fifth one is very, very critical in chronic disease, especially things like cancer and such. Um, so it's the, that, the belief system, essentially what it comes down to. The sixth toxicity is foods, but it's not what we're eating that I'm referring to, but what we do to the foods that we eat. So this is a homogenization, pasteurization, irradiation, genetic modification, that type of stuff. And then the seventh toxicity is spiritual toxicity. So basically, if you can eliminate these seven toxicities, by definition, chronic disease can exist. It doesn't matter, cancer, heart disease, stroke, you know, diabetes, whatever, it, it just can't exist. And we've proven that with patients now, thousands of patients now from 93 different countries. So when you start looking at the current COVID-19 issue, you will notice that they have hit us on six of these seven toxicities. The heavy metals, it's been going on for years. You know, the dental amalgams that are outgassing at five to nine nanograms per deciliter per tooth per day. The vaccination schedules with the various things such as formaldehyde and mercury and nickel and aluminum and all these things that are being injected. The chemtrails that we're exposed to what we're breathing in. So the heavy metals are, have been going on for years. The second one, persistent organic pollutants, same type of thing. You know, the Roundups, the, the glyphosate type components, all the different insecticides and pesticides that are used in our food products and preservatives and all these different things. So that's been going on for, for decades. The third one, the opportunistics, you know, COVID-19 is, is a virus. So that's, that's where that one comes in. Fourth one, the energetics, that's the rollout of the new technology, you know, the, the fifth generation uh, that's going to be rolled out five millimeter waves in the fifth generation when it's rolled out at 30 gigahertz to 300 gigahertz. And we know that uh, at 1.8 gigahertz, that's where the cancers start to run rampant based upon the research that's been published out of like 2000 different studies that have talked about this. Um, the fifth toxicity being the emotional psychological, this is where the fear mongering comes in, where the mass social distancing, you know, social isolation, um, separating people from their family members, and under HR 6666, the thing that they're trying to introduce into the U.S., all this stuff, it's all based on the fear of stressing people out, scaring them, decreasing their um, immune system by increasing their cortisol and throwing them into that sympathetomimetic drive, the flight-fight response. So that's a, it's a massive way that they're trying to control us. And then the sixth one 
um, what we do to our foods, right? The adulteration of our foods. I've been doing that for at least two decades with the pasteurization, um, um, homogenization, et cetera, but especially with the genetic modification and the irradiation, that's been going crazy over the last two decades. So they basically hit us on all these six. Now the seventh one is a spiritual toxicity. And that's where I think that they've made the mistake. They've, they pushed the agenda and I think spiritually it's caused people to awaken. And I think that's where we are right now. So I think this is a spiritual war and um, I'm more than confident that we are destined to win it. Yeah, definitely hundred percent. Could you, I was wondering if you could expand on the, on the spiritual aspect of things, because this is obviously something that me and my audience as well, we, we, we do realize that there is an attack on the spiritual, as you say, because I mean, as we can see in the, in the world now, there is, there is a huge element of fear being playing out in the world. And as you know, um, consciousness itself is sort of um, responsible for creating all of our life experiences through my own life that I know now. And we know that our minds are manifesting our reality and our, our, our thinking, our thinking in our lives, we see the world and stuff is a sort of a, an agent for creating change and, cre- and changing our whole uh, life with, which we see in front of us. And it definitely does seem to be that there, there is something like, like we we started talking about this podcast about how truth has a frequency. It seems to be that there is a there is a there is a, like an, um, a harmonization of a frequency that that permeates through life, and it is sort of there is an evolution to that. I think there is an evolution where more and more people now are leaning towards it, but that evolution is sort of trying to be trying to be blocked off. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, I would agree with that. I think it's a, a part and parcel of this this agenda to scare and manipulate us. And, you know, it kind of looks suspicious to me that when, at least in the U.S., they say, okay, well, your alcohol stores where you buy wine and spirits, they're open and there's no restriction there, but places of worship like churches and synagogues and mosques, you can't congregate and pray. And so why is that? And you know, there's a difference between religious and spiritual uh, awakening and understanding. But if we were to lump them in together right now, the, the reason is that for the vast majority, the religious component, that's where they come together in congregation with others of like-mindedness. That's where they get their spiritual guidance from the leaders within their respective uh, religious indoctrination, uh, religious um, you know, whatever you want to call it, the churches and the mosques and the synagogues from their religious institutions, I guess would be the right term. Um, So all this that they get, the the congregation, the sense of community, the guidance, the spiritual advice that they get from their religious institutions are being stopped. And the reason they're being stopped is because I believe it's part and parcel of that orchestration of control. You know, you take people away from the one thing that allows them to feel collectively as a unit and tries to bring people together as much as possible. Of course, different religions, you know, they, they, they promote separatism, but within their own communities, at least there's a, there's a adherence to commonality and community. Well, if you can separate people from that, well, it comes down to the same thing, right? Of divide and conquer. And they've been dividing and conquering us for generations. They've been dividing and conquering us Muslim against Jew and Jew against Christian and Christian against Muslim. They've been dividing us, you know, um, black against white and man against woman and old against young. And, 
you know, Democrat against Republican, Catholics against Protestants and Sunnis against Shiites. And just, it's just, it's crazy. It's always division, division. And this Black Lives Matter thing right now, it's all based upon division. And, you know, it, you start looking at where the money's going and how it's being funneled. It's, it's just amazing that m the vast majority of the world hasn't woken up and saying, wait a second, you know, this is all BS. Well, the reason they haven't is because the propagation of the, the myth and emotionalizing that myth with misinformation and creating that drama and uh, the attachment and fueling it, fueling that, that disregard and that anger and that frustration, um, it starts to create explosive situations. And that's what we're seeing right now. But again, I believe it's going to backfire because uh, you push people to a certain point and, um, you know. Yeah, definitely. Really good point, by the way. And I would, love to, I would love to ask you the question. I know that you're talking about many different topics through all the work that you are doing. What, when you are talking about all these different topic, I would love, topics, I would love to ask which one of them topics is creating the biggest sensitivity and the biggest pushback when you are talking about a certain topic. You know, I think it all depends. Uh, I'm, I started talking a little bit about the race riots recently, and there was a lot of pushback, but there was a lot of people that, you know, supported it too, um, really created some information. But um, I think the COVID-19 wearing the mask and social distancing and how stupid that is and how it defies science and logic, you know, that created some issues. But again, truth is going to sometimes be uncomfortable. And the process of evolution is part and parcel is in fact growth is an, a vital ingredient of evolution if you don't have growth you'll never have evolution and growth can be painful it can be disruptive it can be uncomfortable and sometimes it's pushing that envelope and starting that discussion and asking the difficult questions and um, allowing that dialogue to start that really allows things to either one um, go to the right or go to the left but in either case whichever way you go it's it's growth it's you know it's, it's some type of growth i don't think that when you ask the critical questions i don't think you can have a negative outcome you may have an outcome that's painful and it usually is painful but if pain is part and parcel of evolution it's part and parcel of growth it's part necessary for improvement right so when you're working out you're breaking down that muscle well that's painful but that when the muscle comes back it's stronger faster you know, healthier, et cetera, et cetera. So growth is always uncomfortable. And I think that's what we're going through as a, as a global society. Yeah, hundred percent. It's definitely, I think as well, it's, it's clear, clear to say that it's, it's obviously bubbling from a, from a physical level, but I think it's maybe it is a part of a, a metaphysical underpinning that is making people question individually their whole lives that does affect the, the whole the collective consciousness. I was going to ask you a question as well. I mean, I know you've been quite vocal about 5G and I haven't really spoke about that much on the podcast, but I know you have spoke about it. What's your general thoughts around the role that 5G has to play in all this? Well, it doesn't have anything to do with the COVID issue, but it does have a lot to do with suppressing the immune system. So um, all the studies and the research has been done. In fact, some of this research goes way back, back to 1971 with the U.S. Naval research that was done and published and the 1977 research that was done by the Russian government that was marked for government use only. And in fact, it was only declassified in 2012 by the CIA. And it talked about all the detrimental effects of some of this technology, the five millimeter technology that they use when you go through the security systems at the airport. I mean, they've known since 1977 how dangerous and, and the, the, that technology is. And yet 
you know, they, they used it starting 2000 or after, after 9-11, they started using it uh, under the fear of terror, uh, well, terrorism, but uh, causing terror in people and um, terrorizing them with the potential thought of uh, being victims of terrorists. But in actuality, it's, it was the governments of the, of the world's nations that became the terrorists because they were terrorizing their own citizens with this potential for terrorist attacks. And uh, then by doing so, <clears throat> they basically got justification and under pretense of public safety started to utilize some of these draconian type measures and uh, allowed for things that otherwise would have never been allowed to happen, allowed for these things to become normal where people just expect to go through one of these scanners and they're getting exposed to crap loads of uh, detrimental uh, fields of energy. I mean, I've been, I fly, I mean, I've had, I've had um, months where I've flown three or four times in a week. And, um, you know, just since May 11th, since I declared that you can't fly without a face mask, I think I've had 11 flights and I've never worn a face mask, by the way. But, you know, if I was going through those, scanners i've never gone through one of those scanners not one single time i've ever gone through scanners and when i was overseas in australia they tried to force me said no no you can't opt out that's not an option here and you know i got went got an argument with the uh security people there for two and a half hours until like the fourth or fifth person that came out in the suit finally just said just go and uh i was ready to get patted down they didn't, they didn't even have me go pat down they said nothing they, they made such a big deal out of it and then when it finally was time for me to go through they, you know, and not go through the five millimeter scanner, but rather go through the metal detector or pat down. They didn't do anything. They just, you know, just wanted me to leave. They wanted me to get the hell out of Australia. And um, so you start realizing that there's a lot of, a lot of stuff that's happened and a lot of things that are happening today and a lot of things that they're going to try to institute happening for tomorrow that are really designed to create more discourse in our physiology in our you know in our in our belief system in how we think and feel and the 5g rollout and some of these technologies have a tremendous tremendous detrimental effect on our system for example the 5g causes a disruption of the voltage gated calcium channels thus allowing for efflux of calcium into the cells and increasing um, the uh, uncontrolled cellular proliferation and suppresses apoptosis so that it creates a perfect storm for the oncogenic process to begin cancer to start um, it also allows for the permeability of the cell membranes to change so that certain things especially like enveloped viruses can permeate and go through the cell membrane easier and COVID-19 is an enveloped virus um, but there's many other aspects to this it causes uh, definitely a decrease in the uh, immune system and causes a suppression of the natural killer cells and the B lymphocytes and, you know, the CD19, CD16, CD56, some of these immune markers. And it, it, the list just goes on and on, you know, what 5G does. So sometimes people say, well, the conspiracy theorists will say that 5G causes COVID-19. Well, only an idiot would say that. Uh, but COVID-19 does suppress the immune system. And anything that suppresses the immune system, you're going to become susceptible to any kind of pathogen, whether it's a virus or a bacteria or spirochete or mycoplasma or yeast or whatever. Then you got a parasite. You know, any, any type of virus, it doesn't matter whether it's COVID-19 or COVID-20 or 21 or COVID-5 or COVID, you know, any virus, you know, it, it, it's so 5G is bad 
overall. It increases the rate of cancers at 1.8 gigahertz, and when they roll out of 5G fully, it's going to be at, 20, uh, at 30 to 300 gigahertz. And that spectrum is just that, that radio frequency electromagnetic field generation uh, is just terrible. Plus, you've got other types of dirty energy and that, that can contribute to um, a poorer state of health. And certainly how it affects the immune system is a big part of that. Really interesting stuff. Do you, I was going to ask you a question. I thought there. I was going to ask you. Do you think that five G is a, a, a means of of, of technology this, of sort of it, this is because of technology evolving that that people are requiring the five G or do you, do you think it's actually could be potentially being used as a war to maybe to to uh, sort of like as we were talking about before the attack on them on the deeper aspects and the deeper physiology of the human body that's maybe yet to be understood. Yeah, it could, be, it could be both of those things. I certainly think that it has been uh, weaponized. Uh, it, it can and has been discussed to be used as a bioweapon. There's a video footage of uh, an Italian parliament member that was talking about using 5G technology for uh, crowd control. And, um, you know, they've artificial intelligence. They need the next level 5G level of um, connectivity to be able to control some of the artificial intelligence that's being created. Um, I don't think that people are really needing it or requiring it. You know, yes, everything's good, but going to smartphones, smart, you know, devices, your, your washing machine and your air conditioner and your refrigerator is being controlled by your smart device that's that, that you can control no matter where you are. And yeah, okay. You know, you may need some connectivity there, but do we really, are we going to notice the difference of downloading a movie in two seconds versus, you know, a, a millisecond? No, we're not going to notice that. And uh, I think that's, again, just fluff to create distraction, whereas the real use for this technology is, is um, things that are, that are suspect. And sure, it can have some positive effects from some of the military, I'm um, sorry, from some of the artificial intelligence incorporations, but I think a lot of it has to do with military and the use of weaponization um, bioweapons and such. Really interesting. I was going to ask you the question I want to ask you is I wanted to ask you the question, how do you see this all playing out? Because it's clear to see, I mean, from my own perspective, it seems that there's a splitting of consciousness. I mean, even in the UK where I'm based currently now at the moment, you can walk down the street and you will have people who are sort of um, indoctrinated in the fear, but then you'll have people who aren't sort of indoctrinated in the fear. But if this, to me, this seems like it's something that is, it's not just a fundamental sort of symptom of the current situation. It seems like what I'm recognizing that this is something that has been bubbling for a very long time. People have been losing a lot of trust in government and in media and things like that. I was just wondering if you think that we are, what we are going to see in full, maybe it'd be a splitting of consciousness where you have maybe some people who do conform and then people who don't, do not conform. Yeah, conformity is, is definitely what they're trying to get. And I think the people that are conforming are the sheeple. And I think that the social shaming, for example, that they use to try to make people conform, it's backfiring too. Um, I, I think that unless more and more people now realize that this is BS, but there are people that are still believing the BS. And if they're going to continue believing the BS, there's going to be antagonism and there's going to be conflict. And um, yeah, there's a potential for some serious discourse and you know, even, even violence. And I hope to God that doesn't happen. But I know that four, five, six weeks ago, you know, 
10 to 15% of the population thought that this was a hoax. And now at least half the population, half the world's population recognizes and realizes this is a hoax. Um, but still people, the, the politicians are still trying to promote the same thing. The news media still covers the same garbage, even though people know it's BS. I mean, they're talking about, you know, they, they've got their masks on there and they're accosting the president of the United States saying, why aren't you wearing a mask? And then the cameras turn off and they think all the cameras off, but one camera's still running and you see the newscasters taking off their mask. So it's all show. It's all propaganda. It's all garbage. And, and the vast majority of people know that. They know it's all BS. Only the idiots that are watching CNN and, you know, MSNBC all the time, they don't believe it because they're only seeing the garbage that they're fed with. But anybody with any reasonable intellect and any critical thinking ability that has a brain and starts to use the brain rather than just allowing somebody to tell them how to think, anybody with any critical thinking is starting to become aware of what's going on. Yeah, definitely. I think a point that I want to bring up as well, which I think is really interesting, I would love to see your thoughts on, because as you know, when you, especially with you speaking out and many other people speaking out, it gets to a point within the, when you do see all this information where you do eventually start to realize that there is a, a veil of sort of um, manipulation, mind control, um, deceit and social engineering as well, that basically rendered, renders us completely dependent on the system that they want to create. This, I mean, this awareness, because I've seen it when I was a lot younger, this awareness can sort of lead you to a place of rage and fear. And I think in that position, you can sometimes get lost in that and be, like sort of become the victim. I would love to ask you the question, how do you think people, say if someone is listening to this now and they are sort of um, understand, understanding from a deeper level what you're saying, how do you think maybe people could use this awareness to uh, use, this, use this new awareness with sovereignty? Yeah, you know, I've been asked this question a number of times and I really don't understand the question because to me, when you understand, when you see what's going on, you awaken and you do what you need to do. I mean, when I've seen this, even my own social media platform where people say, well, what are we supposed to do? Dr. Patel, what are we supposed to do? And I'm, it really makes me angry. I'm like, why are you asking what can we do? I mean, what do you mean? What can you do? This is, this is your life. You're talking about. This is like somebody putting a gun to your head and going, you know, I'm going to shoot you in the head in three seconds and you're going, oh, what do I do? Well, you can either just say, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do for three seconds and get shot in the head? Or you can try to fight or resist or something. But to say, you know, what, what can we do? It's a victim mentality in itself ah, by even point. asking the question, what can I do? What do you mean? What can you do? This is about your life, right? So to do whatever, whatever it takes, you know, you resist, you talk, you learn, you empower yourself with information. You, you find out other uh, aspects. You find out, you know, what can I do? Can I move somewhere? Can I, can I get together with other people of like mind? I mean, that's what you do. But when people say, what can I do? It, it, I don't know why it just infuriates me. It's like, what do you mean? What can you do? You can wake the hell up and start moving in the right direction, you know, rather than saying, what do I do? That to me, that right there, when you say, what can I do? Um, I mean, I'm not saying you obviously, um, but when, when somebody says, what can I do to me? It's already starting down the victim mentality. It's already orienting themselves towards fear. And I want people to understand, yes, there is a real thing such as danger, okay? Danger is a real thing. Fear is an illusion. Fear is creating the potential of something possibly that could happen in the future and paralyzing yourself so that you think based upon that thought that you create in your own head that something can happen. And it's completely an illusion. It just doesn't exist. It's not real. And what they've done is they've created this COVID-19 and said, everybody point towards this COVID-19. That's the danger. It is not the danger. What's the danger is what they're going to do because of using COVID-19 as the excuse, taking away your rights, paralyzing you, socially imprinting you, social distancing, you know, uh, making you conform to 
certain rules and regulations. You have to get your temperature checked. You can't get your hair cut unless you've got a mask on. I mean, that's, that's the real danger. The forced vaccination agenda, the chipping, et cetera, et cetera. That's what the danger is. COVID-19 is an illusion. So when, when a person is given this information, what can I do? Well, you can, one, say, I'm not going to wear a damn mask. And two, I'm a human and humans are hurt animals and we, we associate with each other. I'm not going to maintain social distancing. That's BS. And, you know, we have throughout history been able to survive all these outbreaks. And now you're going to say that, okay, well, it's suddenly the human race, you know, and the whole planet is going to come to a complete stop still from this illusion that, you know, happens to have cured heart disease and cancer. Nobody's dying of heart disease and cancer, but everybody's dying from COVID. I mean, come on. It's, it's just, you know, stupidity at this point. And so I just don't like that victim mentality. And when somebody says, well, what can I do? It's kind of like, you know, oh my God, what can I do? What do you mean? What can you do? You just wake up and start helping other people wake up. There you go. I love that. I loved how you turned that question upon itself to actually like show the contradiction within the question itself. Re- uh, really powerful stuff. I think we'll, I think we'll leave it there. I think it's really powerful. I think what you, everything you said, I think is really powerful. And, um, I just want to say thank you so much for all the work that you do do because like I said when I started this podcast we need more people like yourself who is coming forward but coming forward in a very intelligent way that that reaches people who maybe these conversations wouldn't normally reach so I just want to say thank you so much for giving us your time and our big big respect as well I appreciate it thank you for doing what you're doing thanks so much for checking out that podcast conversation there with Dr. Rashid Buttar like I said, um, in the next few weeks from now on, I'm really going to start hitting home in, on some esoteric topics. I really am, honestly, guys, I really am at a point now where I don't want to be talking about coronavirus and, and all the different other stuff anymore. I really want to start focusing on some of the bigger topics. Um, my my own energy in my life is pulling me towards more of the esoteric topics. And and I'm not saying I'm going to be talking about them forever, but it's just over, definitely over the next few weeks. I'm being led more towards um, some conversations on a, on a deeper perspective, some topics to give you guys a bit of a heads up. I want, I definitely want to talk about. Um, I want to have, I want to get some speakers on maybe to talk about the difference between the intellect versus more the feeling sensations in the body, and because I definitely feel in my own life that it seems like the world is heading towards towards more that way, where where the intuition and dreams and stuff like that are more are, are more prevalent than than our intellect. And also want to speak about some things on a personal basis that I'm interested in. Like I'm really interested in the ley lines at the moment that the ancients spoke about. And there's many other different stuff anyway. The third eye, the chakra system. There's a lot of topics anyway and all will make sense when I hopefully I can get some more guests in place to talk about them. So keep an eye out for them in the future. I love you all, wherever you are in the world. If you can, check out the Patreon page or the one-off donation option. And support a conscious movement which is this podcast. And to play this podcast out, I will add a song at the end. I don't know what song it's going to be, so it'll be a surprise to your mind. So keep seeking wherever you are in the world. I love you all. And thanks so much, guys, honestly, for tuning in every single week. It really means a lot. Really are forming such a great community here. And I promise I will keep doing my best to bring you the most inspiring conversations on the planet I can. And I also will keep trying to evolve my own journey so that at the same time, you can also evolve yours. So wherever you are in the world, peace out. If you awaken from this illusion and you understand that black implies white, self implies other, life implies death, or shall I say, death implies life, you can feel yourself 
not as a stranger in the world, not as something here on probation, not as something that has arrived here by fluke, but you can begin to feel your own existence as absolutely fundamental. I'm not trying to sell you on this idea in the sense of converting you to it. I want you to play with it. I want you to think of its possibilities. I'm not trying to prove it. I'm just putting it forward as a possibility of life to think about. So then, let's suppose that you were able every night to dream any dream you wanted to dream. And that you could, for example, have the power within one night to dream 75 years of time or any length of time you wanted to have. And you would naturally, as you began on this adventure of dreams, you would fulfill all your wishes. You would have every kind of pleasure you could conceive. And after several nights of 75 years of total pleasure each, you would say, well, that was pretty great. But now let's, um, let's have a surprise. Let's have a dream which isn't under control. Well, something is going to happen to me that I don't know what it's going to be. And uh, you, you would dig that and come out of that and say, wow, that was a, a close shave, wasn't it? And then you would get more and more adventurous and you would make further and further out gambles as to what you would dream. And finally, you would dream where you are now. You would dream the dream of living the life that you are actually living today. That would be within the infinite multiplicity of choices you would have, of playing that you weren't God. Because the whole nature of the Godhead, according to this idea, is to play that he's not. So in this idea then, everybody is fundamentally the ultimate reality. Not God in a politically kingly sense, but God in the sense of being the self, the deep down basic whatever there is. And you're all that, only you're pretending you're not.